0: Hello everybody and welcome to Showhopper's Lost Season 2, Episode 4, Everybody Hates Hugo. I'm Kurt, joined by the reoccurring guest, the great and the late Mr. Sal. I'm late? As always, uh, he's my former high school teacher, I'm his former student, and if this is his first time watching through Lost. This is my second time watching through it. I didn't finish it, but still on the gone where I stopped, and I think Mr. Sal I know he's been eager to talk about this episode for a while now. Mr. Wait, Sal. What I have, I I feel like you have,
1: right? I I'm not sure. I don't remember saying that.
0: First, you were late, and now you can't remember. Uh, okay. This is very yeah. confusing, Mister Sal. I'm old. <laughs> you sound very confused.
1: Hey, listen, you called me the great late. Mr.
0: One Mr. might even say. One might even say you're a bit lost.
1: But you called me late. I was like, wait a minute. I didn't die, as far as I know.
0: (laughs) Who knows? Maybe maybe we're all dead. We shouldn't think that way. Mr. Uh, Sal. Yes. Will you tell me what you rated this episode? I will. Okay. I'm waiting. Do you want me to guess first? I mean, that
1: is the usual protocol, is it not? Nine. Okay. That's boring, Kurt. Do better.
0: <laughs> okay, let's see how I. Do. I don't think you looked as much as the other episodes. Maybe looked more than the last episode. Uh, it is a nine. <laughs> was slightly less more. <laughs> yeah.
1: uh, okay, uh, I think though that you hit the nail pretty much right on the head. <laughs> Yes, it's a nine, uh, and I, but I don't know where to rank it. So, yes,
0: yeah, so is this better than the last episode? Is the question?
1: Yeah. Well, this here's the thing. This is like this episode to me felt so much like *Confidence Man* and *Outlaws* in that it was just it was a Hurley character study, mm-hmm. but unlike those, which had a dumb side plot. Actually, I don't remember what the side plot was for either one of those. Oh, uh, Outlaws was Claire's uh, cradle, which that was not bad. That was okay. I don't remember what the side plot was for. Um, Confidence Man, but I don't remember that one. Anyway, um, this had a spectacular side
0: plot. Of course, the, the side plot you love so much more than the main story.
1: I do. <laughs> I love it. So so yeah so. Uh, this, this I thought, was a great character study of Hurley or Hugo, um, but also had this great this great furthering of the main story through the side plot, which is beautiful. Uh, I was a little more underwhelmed with what was going on in the bunker. Fair enough. So, Not much
0: but, really new happening. Other than here.
1: Hurley, of course. Oh, yeah. yeah. Definitely... So I I don't. I don't think that it did much to further the bunker plot. Do you mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? Yeah,
0: yeah. It doesn't further the bunker plot, but yeah. the side story definitely pushes oh. forward. Oh. and yeah, and it does. It does move things along in terms of the survivors we know. Not bunker wise, but like more people know. We see what happens to the pantry. That was a big question. You're probably wondering, you know, hey, what happens to all this food? Uh,
1: not something that I thought I needed to know, and. Even, like, halfway through the episode, I was like, is this really going to be all about the allocation of the food in this pantry? Because I don't know if I'm very interested in that. But then I, when you tied it in with the flashbacks, I was riveted.
0: So, and as you always like to do, you like to break down. I gave it a nine as well. But you break down your rating based on the main story, side story, flashback. Side story being uh, Sawyer, Michael, Jin main story hurling antics on the island and then uh the flashback yep what's your what's your rating on each
1: so i rated the survivors 2.0 uh with michael and uh jen and sawyer Uh, i rated that a 10 out of 10 i couldn't get enough of it
0: interesting okay
1: why is that interesting
0: interesting choice why? Not surprised at all. Okay.
1: Uh, I rated the main story and the flashbacks both 9 out of 10 um, because I thought they were just so uh, interwoven I couldn't really separate the flashbacks from the main story because the flashbacks on their own, maybe an 8 out of 10. Same thing with the main story on its own, maybe a 7 out of 10. hmm uh, but when you weave them together, it's delicious.
0: <laughs> it's a clucktastic that might say <laughs> okay so i'm I'm glad that for this episode uh I what the the whole is greater than the sum of its parts in this case, at least for the two parts of the episode okay
1: yeah and I honestly like when I finished the episode, I was like, well, that was a nice little episode, but then the more I thought about it I was like no, nah, man, if th- like that is to Hurley what confidence man is to Sawyer, as far as I'm concerned,
0: yeah, fair enough.
1: I, I think they the, in those episodes, they do such a nice job of tying the flashbacks into the main story. It's like you really you really feel why we're seeing these flashbacks at this point. And I, I always try to figure that out in a lost episode, and sometimes I just can't. Sometimes I'm like, I don't know what these flashbacks are. Yeah. <laughs> anything that's going on in the island right now um but with this one it was like it, it was crucial
0: yes the flashbacks were uh were of great importance and it, it really shows our hardest decisions throughout the episode like confidence man if you watch Sawyer well, hunting down this boar without the flashbacks the episode's that's actually crazy. terrible and in fact it's the payoff at the end where you kind of relate the boar to the mm-hmm. person a killed that makes the episode way better right that's- Without those flashbacks, that episode's terrible. Like right? the main story is trash. Same thing with this one.
1: I mean, it's. Still, I, I would
0: feel it's trash. I would feel like it's a really terrible main plot.
1: You would still get the never have I ever stuff with Kate and Sarah. Which that is still, true. But it yes, it it would very much weaken the story if you didn't have those two woven together like that. But but that's I mean, this this is, I don't know. This might be my favorite episode so far. This is like. <laughs> Oh, interesting. I, I feel like I've said that every week, but this this is law lo- like Lost doing exactly the right thing to make it the best it can be.
0: Interesting. I mean, what what would you give us a weak point for the episode, if any? Oh,
1: okay, two things.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Immediately. The, the oh, return, thanks for asking.
1: The return of Charlie's peanut butter. Yes, okay. <laughs> don't care. <laughs> um, and, uh, and this... I don't know. May, maybe I'm wrong about this, and you, and you can convince me that I am. I don't know. But what on earth was Saeed doing? Uh,
0: exploring the half. I mean, the bunker.
1: But he wasn't really... He was just trying to break through the concrete. I don't understand.
0: They're trying to figure out what, like what that magnet or what that thing is that's concreted in Mm-mm, no he didn't even know it was a magnet no yeah no he doesn't know but he's trying to find out well, they they know there's a magnet around the facility right a strong magnet mm-hmm. uh Said also gets that there's a geothermal like you know generator-esque thing behind some concrete but yeah they're trying to figure out what's on the other side of the concrete but, yeah, yeah. it's not that, that's all he's doing though it's just...
1: so, so it starts out. With him beating on this concrete <laughs> with this piece of titanium, and like I don't understand why is he doing this. It's
0: trying to, trying to break through. It's
1: the wall of the freaking bunker. Why do you want to break
0: what, it? What I find more funny is that he's trying to break through it, and then Jack comes like he has like eight to ten feet of concrete here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, why was he still going at it? Not eight to ten oh, inches. Yeah. But eight to 10 feet. Unless maybe he had just figured that out right as Jack came, but like. I don't know. Yeah, no, I'm with you. The Zayn stuff's a bit weird, but it's it's him trying to learn more about the bunker. But that's that's all it really is. Right? Got
1: no that's, problem with that. I, and in fact, if it starts with him crawling through this tunnel or whatever, huh. then I I I've, I'd be down with that. The fact that he's literally beating on an eight. Oh point, yeah.
0: Oh yeah. I did not understand why he was beating it with this titanium rod at this like. Oh, get it. Like what oh, you okay. doing?
1: And then they they finally make it to the end of this tunnel and it's just, it's the shower.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's, it's like parkour. How can I get from the electromagnet to the shower in the most interesting way possible?
0: I mean, yeah, fair enough, just under <laughs> the crawl spaces of the facility. So yeah. I wonder how big uh, the swamp place is. And I also need to apologize that, you know what? They did show the front of the bunker, the front door. I have, I, I could not remember for the life of me what it looked like, but they did show it uh, in this episode. Uh, yeah. So I, uh,
1: there's, there's something that I, I, before I forget about it, because I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm going to forget. Cause I almost did. And then I just remembered it. So I got to say it before I forget. Okay. Um,
0: we,
1: I don't think we made a big enough deal of the fact that there's this really strong electromagnet in here. Okay. Because I think that is a magnet. Huh?
0: I've magnets on my fridge. What's so big about this one?
1: Okay, but this is a really, really strong electromagnet, and there are multiple bunkers here. If they all have multiple electromagnets, that's creating a pretty strong electromagnetic field. Um, we already know.
0: Well, What do you mean, more than one bunker?
1: I know, right? So we can get to that when we get to it. But, but my what? I, the reason I bring this up is because I remembered back in. Uh, well, what episode was it? I think it was Boone's episode. Boone and Shanna's episode. Uh, Heart you
0: know, oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. Hearts and Minds. Yeah. Hearts and
1: Minds. Yeah. Um, when Locke gave that compass to Saeed and Saeed noticed that the compass didn't work. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there's a strong enough mag- electromagnetic field here, then yeah, the compass is not going to work. No compass is going to work. So that got me thinking.
0: So the compass is not broken. The island is broken.
1: Right, the right, exactly, and that got me thinking. Boy, there are a lot of planes that have crashed here and ships. I wonder if the if the island intentionally draws them in using the electromagnetic fields to either manipulate the navigation gear uh, or. Literally attract the metal to the island.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask you, what do you mean by that? But Okay, so you're not quite sure, but in some way... Brings these crafts to the island in some capacity. Okay. And you feel that there's more than one of these magnets.
1: Well, we've seen more than one bunker now.
0: We did, but I will say... So we know there's more than one bunker in the island from the tutorial video. Or at least, yeah, there's more than one bunker
1: i did not get from the tutorial video that they're all on this island you're
0: right actually i don't know if they're quite on the island all i know is on this island there was an incident and so from a it was a research facility but now it's been turned into this button pressing station
1: right so i I also forgot that walt said don't push the button backwards
0: yeah Yeah. oh yeah so you did say that don't push the button so, do you think they should stop pushing the button? Is that another reason why you think they should stop? Because I know you were on the side of, well, why bother?
1: I'd be very interested in seeing what happens if you don't push the button.
0: I think that's the big question. I mean, uh,
1: my my working theory right now is that the button keeps the electromagnet going. So, if they stop pushing the button, the electromagnet will stop working,
0: and, and then, then it's just a regular island, right? That's and special.
1: the island can't attract vehicles.
0: Okay stops the stops the constant loop. Okay, I see what you mean. So it yeah. keeps powering the electromagnet. However, it does. However, maybe it just allows or whatever. You stop pushing that button, magnet stops working. No more special island. That special island. Still some stuff. We still saw that black smoke monster and whatnot. So, mm-hmm. uh, and the weather's inter- interesting here. Polar bears. but Okay.
1: Well, that's a that's a Walt thing.
0: Speaking of Walt, where is he? I haven't seen him in a few episodes. Well, he's
1: playing the role of Claire this season.
0: <laughs> oh. I, I, was just, I was very, like, I saw your connection you were getting with Walt near the end of last season, and it made me kind of sad because I knew what happens to Walt, that he goes away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I hope that you're never going to see him again.
1: Stop. I'm pretty sure he's coming back. So. Okay.
0: Fair enough. I I respect that uh, confidence and that hopefulness it reminds me of Bernard and Rose.
1: <laughs> oh this this I guess was another uh little point of contention that I have with the episode is that like I I have no problem with Bernard being alive and and the that that we discover that I think it's pretty cool um and I certainly understand that um you you need to say something about bernard and rose before you introduce bernard because there's no way people watching this live from week to week are gonna remember yeah uh, that rose thinks her husband is alive and and and, like that so people
0: probably won't remember who rose is
1: right so i guess my my gripe is not so much with this episode but with the fact that they suddenly made rose important after ignoring her for like dozens of episodes
0: <laughs> Dude, i really thought she was more important in season one i really did <laughs>
1: <laughs> so i would have liked to see i i i would have liked to have seen more reminders of rose and bernard before this episode because it felt like why the hell is hurley picking rose to take inventory here with him? yeah all people why
0: rose well did she sense that we were gonna. Get, did you sense that we were gonna get Bernard this episode?
1: No, I had no idea we were gonna. Get oh, Bernard. okay. But um. Oh, I take that back. What once Rose became a main player, as soon as she said, you know, that she corrected did... early and said that mm-hmm. he she, he is her husband, I was like, oh, he's coming this episode, isn't he? So, <laughs> um. So, but I wouldn't necessarily have thought that if I had heard it. You know, once or twice in between the last time she said it and now,
0: yeah, but a million times. I I would like it if at the very end, right, when it's Bernard talking to them, mm-hmm. right, it, it's revealed that's not Bernard. Bernard died a few days ago, right? Like miss that on Bernard, just barely missed on Bernard.
1: <laughs> no achievers. No, that would be sad. That'd be heartbreaking. But my I guess my my gripe is. I was like, "Why is he taking Rose of all people to to inventory in the bunker?" And then I was like, "Oh, because she needs to remind us about Bernard, so they can bring in Bernard." Yeah. <laughs> that and that's the reason. It's it has nothing to do with Hurley wants Rose. It's that they need Rose to figure prominently, so they can have this big shock reveal at the end.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I wonder on the of Like, does it make sense in the Lost universe Hurley picks Rose? maybe rose seems like a really nice person but he seems like a pretty trustworthy person would you say
1: uh yeah i, I would but like i didn't even know that hurley knew rose
0: oh, all the main cast know each other at this okay. point Mr. So have Sal. they ever had an interaction i mean it's been 40 something days on the island probably
1: have we ever seen an interaction
0: i have no clue I don't either. I don't probably not. Nah. Maybe, maybe in like the very first episode when like Rose was grieving, or maybe it was the second episode, and her was trying to help out Jack. Maybe in passing they spoke, or I don't think so. I can't remember them having an actual conversation.
1: Yeah. So, so that and this—I mean, these are all—all all these grapes are minor. Like they're—they're they're what keep it from being a ten. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is an awesome episode. I love it.
0: Possible. So wh- where's this jarring for? Us? Now that we've seen four episodes, what positions? I know. I know. You, is this is this possibly your favorite? Second favorite? Like what? What positions?
1: Really, it's really hard, man. This is this is tough because like I don't know that I learned as much about. So right now, my favorite of the season so far is Adrift. Right. Then Man of Science, Man of Faith. Then Orientation. I definitely like this more than orientation. I would agree. Um I don't know if I like it as much as the others. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know that like uh Man of Science Man of Faith did plenty for Jack's character. That was a great character study of Jack.
0: Yeah, it really made you like and, Jack a lot more. In fact, like it, it really changed the way I look at Jack even in this episode. I don't
1: know. Yeah, I mean and on top of that d- Push the plot, put the plot forward like crazy. Mm-hmm. I think the only reason I don't like that one as much as a drift is because there's none of the RAF people mm-hmm. right? So now the adrift, uh, I think, does plenty for Mike's character. Although I don't think it does as much for Mike's character as it does as this does for Hurley's or Man of Science, Man of Faith, Faith does for Jack's. Yes. So in terms of a character study, I think. I like Man of Science, Man of Faith, and uh, Everybody Hates Hugo more than Adrift. But I loved the interactions between Michael and Sawyer in Adrift. And I loved everything that went on in the bunker. I loved seeing it from uh, whose pers- from uh, Locke and Kate's perspective.
0: Yeah, you should learn a lot more information on the bunker yeah. than
1: prior. So, but I don't know. The, the, I mean, the, I, so I, you know, what, I don't think this is my favorite. I think this is probably my third favorite. Right.
0: But so, uh, listen, would you would you rank this above any other episode in the first season? Uh, okay. Questioning. now. Yeah, oh, okay.
1: I probably would because the, you know, I, I, the one, the episodes that I most liken this to are "Confidence Men" and "Outlaws" because they, they do such a good job of interweaving interweaving the story with the back with the flashbacks and we learn so much about one character um but what makes this better than those is that we also have this pushing forward of the of the plot of the rafters so so yeah I, i would say this is probably better than anything from season one
0: interesting so season two continues to deliver i wonder if next episode will uh, but before we talk about next episode, we should talk about this episode. Are you ready to get into it, Mr. Sal? I'm ready. Okay. So, the beginning of the episode does start with a bit of a Hurley's dream, right? And all it really is is Hurley's, you know, eating food from the bunker, happy days. He has some of those, like, Apollo bars, chips. He even finds, like, a full plate meal inside a box. Mm-hmm. I don't know. At what point That's... did you figure out that this was a dream?
1: okay when he found the full plate meal inside of the box i was like wait a minute something is not right here. <laughs> and, then, and then when he saw Jin, i said oh yeah okay now this is a dream
0: yeah yeah so Jin, i do like how they, the slow descent to this be a good dream like the full plate like i remember seeing the full, like i knew this was a dream i saw the full plate meal i'm like huh that's a that's odd and then Jin greets him in perfect english no, wait, they're speaking Korean. <laughs> I do love Jin, like, this is the one time Jin's actor gets to per- speak perfect English. <laughs> it's in Hurley's dream, so, you know, Jin, Jin's warning to Hurley, everything is going to change. Uh, yeah. And standing by Jin is also a chicken suit, you know, have a cluckety-cluck-cluck day, Hurley. And, uh, I get the
1: chicken suit. Uh, I get the person who's in the chicken suit because that's the guy from the gas station who identifies him as the winner of the lottery. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure I understand why it's Jin.
0: Me either. I was wondering that too. I don't know why it's Jin. I, I think I think the only reason it's Jin is it's a way for the writers to show to us that this is a dream.
1: Yeah, I think you're right.
0: And I'll take, I think it's very acceptable. I mean, it's a dream. Hurley can see anyone. Fine. Jin's the one that presents this to him. And by having Jin present it, it makes it very obvious that this is a dream. Yeah. Like crystal clear. So
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, fine.
0: But yeah, I think that's why they picked Jin. And he does say the key thing of everything is going to change. Uh which doesn't make as much sense to why this would be a fear to Hurley. But we do see why this you know, as the episode progresses, why everything changing gives Hurley great fear.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So I thought this was really great foreshadowing because when he says it, I'm like, I mean, I guess uh, they found a bunker. Everything changes. uh, They're pushing a button. I suppose everything's going to change for them, okay? But I don't feel like it's going to be that drastic of a change. But now, having seen the whole episode, like this is a really great way to set up what we're about to see.
0: Yeah. And... Hurley awakes by Kate, Kate wakes him up, Hurley was on numbers duty and had fallen asleep on the job, right? And we learn a bit, like, hey, there's shifts, Kate's got the next one, and that mm-hmm. Hurley has some sort of job that he's been assigned, right? Yeah. We don't know what it is, but he's been assigned it by Jack, and he doesn't seem all that pleased about it.
1: I gotta be honest with you, I'm just happy to know that um, it's not just Jack and Locke who are taking shifts here.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: That was definitely the impression Locke gave me at the end of the last episode. Yeah,
0: he he always wanted Jack on his side or at least not to oppose him doing this. Right. It just makes this way harder if Jack, kind of the leader of the survivors, is actually going, Hey, no button presses. <laughs> right. And Locke So, fair enough, but yeah. And we hear more about Locke and his what he plans to do about this button pressing in shifts and whatnot. But for now, we don't. I'm not gonna call them the ref squad anymore. I'll call them the pit crew. The
1: pit crew. The pit
0: crew. Sawyer, Mike, Jin. Okay, and they are very sad. We we still got to see. I, I'm just noting it because I know you said you enjoyed this detail, and I, I could see it quite prominently here. Jin still has those ha- the what's left of the handcuffs on him.
1: Yeah, I love that.
0: Yeah, I do love how the the writers have kept to it. So Jin still got the handcuffs, but anyway, you know they're stuck here. I'm a little uh, surprised
1: that Anna Lucia never asks about the handcuff.
0: Eh, fair enough.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, she knows about the marshal, right? Because she knows about Sawyer's gun.
0: Maybe she just assumed. I, the, I, I can chalk it up that maybe she didn't see the handcuffs at first glance. Oh, Maybe,
1: but, but. she's assuming that Jin is the criminal that the marshal is transporting? Maybe. Hmm. Okay.
0: They also could have t- talked to Anna Lucia off-camera, because she was there for, like, some time with them in the cell.
1: Do you know what I've forgotten? What? How did he get the handcuffs off? Did Mike take
0: them off? Uh, Mike Mike cut them in half with a fire axe.
1: Oh, the axe, okay.
0: So, yeah. So, we're here in the pit. The guys are pretty mopey. You no. Know, especially Sawyer. Sawyer's very mopey. <laughs> Jin kind of wants to try the pyramid again. Sawyer says No. Michael screams some more, Sawyer tells him to be quiet, right, and gives him a bit of reality check, like, hey, ain't up to us anymore, it's all up to them, what happens to us. And the big guy comes back and uh, passes down the rope and demands that Jin grab it.
1: You know what's really funny is by the end of this episode, we know three of the five names of the people. The two, the two point survivors 2.0, hmm. um, but we don't know his. And he seems, he other than Anna Lucia, he seems like the most prominent one. He does,
0: yeah. I just call him the big guy. <laughs> Who knows yeah. what his name is? But the big guy wants Jin to grab onto the rope and come on up. Sawyer hmm. warns him not to, warns Jin not to climb the rope. But Anna Lucia comes over and threatens to uh, shoot some, like shoot one of them if Jin does not climb up. So Jin yeah. obliges, climbs up the rope. Michael's next up to bat. He has to climb up the rope next. Sawyer tells Michael that she's bluffing. There's only one bullet in there, and there's no way she's going to waste it to which she gets a rock in the face. And then Michael <laughs> just gives up and climbs up the rope. Uh, Sawyer says "You know he's going to refuse to cooperate, and they just shut the pit on him and leave. <laughs> so They just <laughs> leave Sawyer alone in the pit, and then we get the intro. So here we we start off in the in the side plot for the pit crew two of them get out of the pit and so is still left in the pit fighting them off i know that you've already suspected that these are the survivors 2.0 and it looks heavily but like they are, are so so you were probably like oh they're safe you know they're just talking
1: yes Friends i was i was not at all worried for mike and jen
0: yeah fair enough and i don't think there's much to worry about uh we also get the first flashback here right after the intro it's same as we saw in Hurley's last flashback last season. It's him winning the lottery, and then he passes out. But this time, you're going to see the aftermath of when he comes to. And it's his mother waking him up. We already saw his mom, you know, and his mom dynamic of, you know, his mom's kind of disappointed in him they he's not living his life to how he should be living it, right? He, he could be doing more, but he eats poorly, and, you know, he doesn't do much. You know, he goes to work, eats chicken, watches TV as she puts up. And, uh, here we see Hurley does not admit that he won the lottery to his mom, right? His mom asks, you know, well, why, why'd you pass out? And, you know, is it your heart? Do you have a heart attack? And he just says, oh, I must've ate something bad. And, you know, she goes on and just roasts him in his entire lifestyle of like, you know, maybe you should pray to Jesus to like shave off 200 pounds, get a nice girl and get a car. <laughs> she even like gets a phone call and pretends it's from Jesus <laughs> asking <him laughs> what car he wants. So. Very straight fire, Ed. We see uh, Hurley's, yeah. So this is also setting up Hurley's flashback story. Uh, but we see that he makes the decision not to reveal he's won the lottery. Why do you think Hurley does not reveal he's won the lottery? He does think about it. He thinks about it. He looks at it. And he looks at it a lot. Like, I think almost in every flashback, he looks at his ticket.
1: So I think, well, he says at the end of this, at the end of this scene, maybe I like my life. The way it is, doesn't he say that? Mm -hmm, mm Okay, and that really is a theme of of his flashbacks here that he wants, he doesn't want things to change. He wants some things to change, he quits his job, right? Mm -hmm. But he doesn't want his relationships to change. He doesn't want his relationship with Johnny to change, he doesn't want his relationship with his mother to change, he doesn't really want his relationship with Starla to change, except that you know he wants it to move to the next level romantically, but he doesn't want it to be because of the money so i think that he doesn't tell his mother here because he's he he is afraid that his life's about to change and he doesn't uh necessarily know if it's for the best
0: yeah that, that, and that's fair enough and i i wonder how much he has gone through his head at this point mm-hmm. i mean did you, did you have a, a thought on that no i i agree that he he doesn't want his life to change and that he he likes parts of his life i don't think he likes his life entirely like he definitely right. plans on cashing it in. But yeah, he definitely doesn't want parts of his life to change. And I think he wants to hold that steady. Uh, yeah. I wonder how far he's thought into it. Obviously, he's just one. But, uh, definitely by the next scene, when he's at work and quits, I think he's certainly made up his mind in terms of what he plans to do and what he wants to check on. Like Starla, Brent Johnny, like just mm-hmm. cheering up uh, the people around him. And then... I, I don't know what else he plans to do before... He was forced you know into revealing that he won the lottery, but
1: I don't think he planned to do much of anything
0: i well, I don't know maybe he planned on checking wow. in with a extended family or something like I don't know if he had more plans of sharing up other things in his life before revealing I, okay the lottery you know what i mean like he he didn't get to reveal it on his terms
1: no he didn't
0: so so i I wonder if he had any other like plans
1: but this not. this whole thing this was pretty interesting too because like I, it's not something that I've ever thought about in terms of, you know, when someone wins the lottery, is there a part of them that's terrified? Because I always just think of lottery winners as being, you know, totally exuberant, su- super excited.
0: I mean, yeah, I, f- I feel like that, that must take a lot of self-control or a lot yeah. of forward thinking to be worried when you've won the lottery. Yeah. Yes. Because, um... Is the main argument would be they're all good worries right it's like oh uh, to an extent but i mean hurley's right you know people people might start asking him for money right his friends and oh, yeah. people he cares about might not look at him the same way and money won't fix that because how is he i mean the money's the reason they look at him differently so right so i i understand his worry makes perfect sense Absolutely. Just, i'm surprised he has a self-awareness about this uh yeah, I wonder I wonder if lottery winners have the self awareness uh when they win. I feel like I don't I feel like no. Like I don't think I would have the self awareness. I'd be like, sweet. I'm cashing this in as soon as I can. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm not putting this in my pocket and like letting it get all wrinkled up.
1: <laughs> Seriously.
0: I'm going I'm going to hire a security firm to help drive me down <laughs> to wherever I can cash this in and I'm going to cash it and I'm gonna get armed guards with me. Snipers on the rooftops, the whole works.
1: That's a good point. I mean, I'd I'd be terrified about losing it or having it stolen or whatever.
0: Yeah, nothing would be worse than winning the lottery, but then losing the ticket and like having the worst story in the world where you sound like a liar. If yeah, I won the lottery, but lost the ticket.
1: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So. Uh,
0: uh, yeah. It it's terrible. I. I wonder if, like in an alternate universe, he wins the lottery here, but something—you know—something you know, something, like maybe his mom washes his pants and it ruins the ticket somehow, or like—that's—that's mm-hmm. that's what I kept
1: thinking
0: of. Yeah, but we—I guess we do know he wins it, but yeah, I see what you mean. That something could happen to the ticket. Maybe, maybe in a different world. Um. Anyway, though, anything else in that flashback? That first flashback.
1: Yeah. I think that's all I wanted to say about that.
0: Okay. Well, back in the present time. We get to see Hurley and Charlie, and we we get to see a few of their interactions one on one. I got to ask Mr. Sal, what are your thoughts on Charlie on this episode? Not a fan. Me too. Charlie, what a jerk! A big fat jerk. Yeah. So they're by the beach. Charlie's got Aaron the baby, and he wants you know he wants to scoop from his friend Hurley. You know what's going on with the hatch? Hurley doesn't really tell much. Just kind of, hey, it's like a newer World War Two bunker. Charlie doesn't like the fact that Hurley's keeping the truth from him. Right, he calls him a liar in front of him and the baby. Oh, no, and he—he Charlie gets so mad at Hurley, right? Even tell, refers to the time that Hurley lied to him about his net worth, hundred fifty million. Nope, hundred fifty-six million. No. How dare he always lie to him? And Charlie just got—he gets very mad, fed up, and just storms away from Hurley.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, you know, honestly. The the deeper into Lost we get, the less interested in Charlie I am. Yeah, I know. I think my interest in Charlie peaked at the moth, and I'm just not all that interested in him anymore.
0: I mean, he hasn't he hasn't been too interesting. I mean, it it's fate. His interestingness has waned for sure, <laughs> now he's just become more of like a a jerk or like. A, he, he drives the plot along, but his character has become a side. Like the only main, there, there's a few main elements to his character that you need to know, right? His past of, see, he has a drug addiction. We know he has the doll. We don't know if he's broken open the doll. Uh, I it's, presume it, he it hasn't.
1: Like he's broken the doll open yet, but I, I don't. Know, I could be wrong about that.
0: Yeah, it doesn't appear like he has, but we know he has the doll, and we know he's close with Claire. Basically, wants to be in a relationship with her. <laughs> yeah, I mean.
1: The, the extent of Charlie's character to me right now is he wants to be with Claire and he is a recovering drug addict who has a pile of heroin, who has access to a pile of
0: heroin. Pile of heroin, yeah. And he's the part of Drive Shaft, which you see <laughs> later in the episode.
1: That was pretty cool. I, I'm always a fan of callbacks to other characters
0: in one of the flashbacks. Yeah, but nothing new in this flashback, just Charlie being a jerk. So
1: well, This isn't a flashback, but yeah. But, yeah. yeah the- sorry <laughs> I, yeah, yeah this, I th- this isn't oh no I guess he, he doesn't know about the bunker yet or about the food yet so this isn't where he asks for peanut butter this is no just- it isn't
0: yeah it's after Locke informs him yeah, yeah. okay so yeah you because know, Charlie being a jerk but you know who's not being a jerk Rose hanging up clothes to dry and you know what Hurley needs some help with his job though so, <laughs> well before he even asked Rose to come to, with her, he wonders, he asks Rose, why why aren't you asking me what's going on with the hatch? And Rose is just like, I don't care. Not my business. Not gonna help me do the laundry. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Uh, I guess something about this allures Hurley that she doesn't care, so he wants her to come and help him out.
1: Yeah, I yeah. Sure
0: enough, okay. so
1: yeah. So he asks, hey. I understand all that reasoning. I just don't know why Hurley's talking to Rose in the first place, like, it, because I don't think that they've, as far as I know, ever had an interaction.
0: No, they're great friends, though, Mr. Sal. So. Apparently. They're great friends. So, hey, do you want to come with me, help me out? Rose agrees. We see them going to the hatch. This is where we see the front door to the hatch. Uh, they enter, they're inside. Rose is amazed that someone lived down here and just, you know, this man-built bunker of sorts and jack comes over and sees them and he's kind of he's kind of annoyed by the fact that hurley has brought someone else into the bunker and he wants to know how many other people hurley has told uh hurley
1: was it it arts that said if you want to keep a secret don't tell the fat man
0: (laughs) yeah yeah it was arts (laughs) yeah (laughs) he told that to jack so jack jack already knows hurley has loose lips uh hurley hurley swears by the fact that he has not told anyone else he needs Rose's help. He has a big job and needs the help. Uh, and he gives his assurance that Rose will not tell. So,
1: I, You know, I, I, I don't want to paint Arts in too dark a light here. I think he may have said big guy instead of fat man.
0: No, I think he said fat man. Oh, okay. <laughs> ah, Arndt won't mind. <laughs> no. He, he spoke for the little guys, the the no name survivors. Yeah. He was he broke the fourth wall sometimes or third wall or whichever wall you want to call it. <laughs> but while Charlie has the baby, we see Claire by the beach now. And it's just some nice calm music. Did you see where this was going, Mr. Sal?
1: Uh no, not at all. And actually I forgot about this. I really like this part.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I do like the way that it's just a nice, calm... Oh, wow, well, you know, things are looking up and up for Claire now, right? She's had the baby... Well, first, she she was pregnant. She got kidnapped, had ane- or amnesia, right? She couldn't remember what happened to her. And that was really stressful. Then she when she had the baby. Shortly after the baby, that was stressful. And then Russo kidnapped her baby. That was pretty stressful, I imagine. But now, <laughs> you know, things are settling down a bit. She's not you know those people threat she thought people were gonna come take her baby, hasn't happened. Things are looking the up and up. And then she sees a bottle, right? The bottle of notes uh handed to I don't remember which person got the bottle directly. Was it Mike, Sawyer? uh, One of the raft squad was given the bottle to hold on to. Yeah. Uh to you know, give if they got rescued, this bottle contained notes from everyone. Of all the survivors, that way, you know, they could read the notes and know what they had, uh, what they said to whomever. So, yeah. You know. But the bottle washed up shore. I wonder why the bottle washed onto shore. Interesting.
1: Yes, it is. So, but I, I really enjoyed this, this whole story, actually.
0: Yeah, it's very brief, but it's only three okay. scenes total.
1: But... And to be honest with you, like, I'll take anything I can get with Claire, except maybe peanut butter. Like, I don't, I don't care about Claire and Charlie. I don't care about the peanut butter, but I want as much Claire and as much Walt as I can get. I am. I mean, Walt is very scarce right now. So I'll take, i take... in
0: great demand right now. Yeah. The supply is very low. <laughs> oh man. So hopefully you'll see Walt someday, but yeah, you didn't see some Claire. I, I, Probably pers- par- a part of the story here is to help incorporate some of the characters we haven't seen for a while, like mm-hmm. Sun. I don't remember the last time we even saw Sun, like even speak As this, a, this entire season.
1: Yeah.
0: Incorporate her. We saw Shannon see Walt. So, there's yeah. that, but yeah, so they're trying to incorporate some other characters. Fair enough. Uh, so Claire finds the bottle of notes. I think this was a
1: really great way to incorporate them. This is, it was. This
0: is... It was good. It, it, it made sense. It, it was a good way of incorporating them. I agree. Way better than golf. And we cut to the pantry. It's Jack, Rose, Hurley, and Hurley's introducing... You know, bringing Rose and us, the audience, up to speed on what he has to do. He's in charge of the pantry. He has to inventory it and decide how to best distribute it. And until then... No one is supposed to get anything from the inventory. Those mm-hmm. are the rules, right? Rose, man of the rules. So Jack leads them to it. So it's Rose and Hurley. They're inventorying. They're going through. And the topic of conversation from Candy leads Rose to bring up Bernard, right? And Rose and we spoke about this earlier in the episode. Rose holds the fact that Bernard is still alive. Uh despite being in the back of the plane when uh, Hurley brings up oh how, what was the wording? You had the wording on spot on before. Oh, uh, I did? You did. You had it spot on.
1: Oh, he said uh, something like, oh, I fr- Bernard, he was your husband, right? Yes, and, yes. No, he is my husband.
0: Yeah. Was my husband? No, he is my husband. And we see that Rose still holds strong, that she knows Bernard is alive. I we, we spoke about this already, but this is where you felt, oh, okay, so this is where we're going to see Bernard in this episode. Like, this is why yeah. we have Rose. Fair enough. So... She knows that uh, Bernard's still alive. And Hurley starts bringing up the fact that he is sad everyone is going to hate him. The title of the episode, Everybody Hates Hugo. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's sad that everyone's going to hate him. But Rose is confused by this and goes, well, Hurley, everyone loves you. And while they're starting this conversation, Kate kind of butts in. We got to get some cadence episode, too. We're going to get all the characters here. She comes in and, hey, can I have some shampoo? And despite not, you know, being allowed to, Jack's orders, right? Rose points her in the direction to the shampoo and soap. She grabs some, leaves out. Hurley's very—he's pretty annoyed about this, right? She's not supposed to. I mean, those this, this was Rose that did that. Yeah, it was. And Rose says, it's just one bottle. Come on. And that's where it starts, according yeah. to Hurley. So how do you feel about that? Do you think Hurley was in the right? Do you think Rose was absolutely, in the right?
1: Absolutely, Hurley's in the right absolutely i
0: mean but it's just one bottle y'all can yeah. share a bottle of shampoo
1: doesn't matter like this is this is arts a team versus no, somebody uses the term a team
0: yes they did uh, charlie did when he referred to the dynamite squad yeah, to I, know,
1: I know i'm not on the a team <laughs> that's right but but yeah really like the, this is this is where that stereotype perpetuates like because you know, he, here's Hurley in charge of stuff and he'll only, he, he rejects Charlie's request and grants and Kate's gets granted immediately. I mean, not by him, but it's it granted immediately.
0: Mm-hmm. He did be part of the A team. Arnst could have been part of the A team. I guess so. Okay. Almost made it. Okay. I, mean, I, I would side with Hurley here too. Like just now, no, nothing for now.
1: You know, and quite honestly, like I, I'm assuming, Kate knows the rules here, and shame on Kate for even asking.
0: I mean, but she's earned her shower, right, Mister So? Why? I mean, she's the one that kind of stopped Desmond.
1: Uh, okay, then go take a shower with no shampoo. I mean, <laughs> you know, but this is my point. Like, she knows the rules. I'm sure she knows the rules. I'm sure Jack has been very clear with everybody about what the rules are.
0: Yeah, I'm teasing you. But yeah, she she's definitely using her sway or what she feels she's owed. In this case. Yeah, yeah, probably. So, I'm Kate and I'm here in the bunker. I'm one of the few people that are in the bunker and allowed in the bunker. And I want to take a shower and I need some shampoo to do so. So, could I have some shampoo? Why, thank you, Rose. Off I go. There you have it. But we get to see Hurley at work in the second flashback. Um, He's here. He's at work, and he's looking at the lottery ticket while he's at work. And his friend Johnny tells him, you know, hey, you're getting called into the boss's office. So. So he walks over, and the boss gives Hurley some chances to confess, but... Then he shows him last night's surveillance tape, and it's just Hurley sitting there, pretty chill, like leaning up against the whatever counter surface that is, eating some of the store's chicken, right? And he owes um, what was that, an eight piece of dark meat?
1: Yep. You, know, eight. It, if you owe the store uh, payment for an eight piece dark meat. Uh, the I, boss. Didn't, I didn't need eight pieces.
0: <laughs> oh, you want you want me to check you though you want to see the whole tape? <laughs> So, the, the boss is pretty mad about that. He also reminds Charlie, hey, only two napkins a customer are not made of money. Are <laughs> you, you made of money? How do you feel about that if you only gave two napkins a customer, Mr. Sal?
1: Well, it, I think it depends on if more napkins are available, like in a napkin dispenser.
0: Oh, I see what you mean, yeah. I
1: think if, if more napkins are available, then yeah, absolutely. One napkin per customer is enough.
0: No napkins a customer. Get your no. own napkin.
1: Yeah, seriously. The dispenser's right there. You want a napkin? Get it yourself. I don't have any problem with that at all. Okay. If there are no napkin dispensers, I think that two napkins is a good place to start and unless somebody requests more. Okay. request more, then you give them more. It's a friggin' napkin.
0: <laughs> we aren't a napkin giving out service here. <laughs> so, uh, the boss starts badgering Uh, Hurley, right, it's kind of becoming the stereotypical bad guy boss, right, at this point, you know, he's really sticking it to Hurley, it's like, hey, if you're made of money, you don't have to work here, and he says that line, and kind of dings something in Hurley's mind, or maybe he's already decided if he's wanted to at this point, overlooking his lottery ticket over and over, but he decides, you know what, he is quitting, so, you know, he, he gives it up, storms out of the store, and he's outside, Presumably, I think by his car, but he's outside, huffing, huffing in the bag. So, I want to, I want to ask you, why do people huff and bag? Is that supposed to help them when they're panicking?
1: I think so. I think it maybe limits the oxygen intake because if you get too much oxygen, then you get too hyper.
0: Okay. Okay. It's like I understand people hyperventilate, and I, I understand like I've seen that a lot, especially in like TV shows, people doing that and they started hyperventilating but I don't understand why like how that helps yeah okay.
1: that's that's all I got okay but <laughs> he's
0: he's looks like he's hyperventilating he has a paper bag to help him in whichever way it can and his friend Johnny comes out to comfort Hurley and to let him know that you know what he's quit too so you know what let's go have a great day who needs money when you have good luck so off to the races with them and what a what a nice friend and I mean This whole, these flashbacks show how nice of a friendship that they have. Yeah, I'm a a
1: little bit suspicious that Johnny might already know, but.
0: Oh, at this point you're a little suspicious? Or in general you're
1: suspicious? uh, Not necessarily at this point. I think, um, no, I just looking back on the episode as a whole, it seems like there's a there's a chance that that he knew the whole time. And Now, when I say a chance, I'm talking like I don't know, maybe a ten percent chance. Okay,
0: I would uh, agree if we didn't see that last scene.
1: He did look very surprised in that last scene, but yeah. but why does Johnny quit his job here? Like, that's suspicious.
0: Well, because Hurley quit his job, and him and Hurley, you, Mr. Sal just can't believe it because he's never seen a best friend so bestie before. He's just because Hurley. Quit his job. And you know what? I hate that place too. I want to work with my friend. <laughs> Did you
1: yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I'll, I'll I'll take your word for it for now. But I I got my eye on you, Johnny.
0: I questioned if some, but I I wondered that too. The first time I seen this, if Johnny knew early quit or won the lottery, like if he had seen the ticket. But based on uh, based on the final scene, it really doesn't look like he knew. Because even like it was early, someone won, and like all of stuff, and maybe he was acting. But
1: right, yeah, you might be right.
0: It didn't look like he was, but he might have been. I won't okay. discount that, but I think it's really low chance. So ten percent, ten percent, higher than I like, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice half measures. We're back in the present day. It's Locke. I know you love ever here Locke. This is about the only lock. No, we have two lock solo scenes here. So yeah. Starting to talk to Charlie, then him finishing talking to Charlie. So, lock. he looks like he's looking around for something or just out in the jungle. At first glance, it looks like he's tracking someone, but we kind of learned he gave up on that. He found a piece of fruit, and then he announces aloud that, Hey, I know that you're following me. You've been following me for a while now. I saw you a few times. I don't. I'm surprised you haven't noticed. I've been walking in a big circle. So what? What a weird flex. But okay. <laughs> Locks I've been walking in circles aimlessly just to fool you. And uh, I love that. I, this reminds me sometimes. Like sometimes, I, I mean, I mean, it hasn't happened a while now. But like, I've be in a social situation where a car, one of my friends are in their car and they're following me. Yeah. Right. Do you want to know what I do sometimes? So unless the case, I start driving randomly around.
1: Uh, you're a jerk
0: I just randomly say I just take a left turn take a right take another right go forward take another right take a left (laughs) like just drive around randomly
1: that's awful
0: (laughs) I see how long they'll follow me for before they call me and ask questions (laughs) So why I'm driving randomly like same roads we've been on Uh, I don't know why I think it's so funny there's something so funny about that anyway
1: Ah. that's that's uh not surprising yeah
0: polluting the earth polluting the earth that's and well worth it though well worth it though listen if a company can profit off doing it surely i can have some few chuckles off of it yeah we love
1: breathing what you're burning man
0: no problem you're welcome say no more <laughs> okay so, <laughs> so Locke knows that it's charlie that's been following him and you know, charlie reveals himself and he wants to know what secrets are being held from him. You know, he understands he's not part of the A team as you spoke earlier. But you know what? He still has the right to know, right? He's he's part of this main squad. He should know.
1: Unless uh, not Lock- forget. This is a locked disciple.
0: This is a locked disciple, and I was gonna ask you about this. This is a great way to shirk a disciple. Tell him everything he wants to hear. We know Jack was kind of looking for a disciple, and Kate, I wonder, you know, now Locke's looking around a bit, so he agrees, okay, I'll tell you anything you want, Charlie, and that's the end of the scene Mm -hmm. for now, we'll we'll see them again shortly, but, okay, Mm -hmm. Locke agrees to tell Charlie anything he wants. We get back to the bunker, the swan, whatever you want to call it, and it's Saeed and Jack, okay, and this is the weird scene we spoke about earlier with (laughs) Saeed beating Concrete, eight to ten feet of concrete with this titanium rod or piece of titanium metal, whatever, and he's just beating at it. Trying it forms Jack, yep. A lot of concrete here, I can tell that much. And Jack shows Saeed the magnet, you know, strength with his key and Saeed's like, Yes, well thank god titanium's not magnetic. That is good for me. And I imagine that is like um that was like the name of the machines. Uh, CTE scan, MRI, yeah. MRI. Yeah, MRI. The, the really strong magnet, yeah, machinery that like you're not supposed to have any metal in the room because it will just yank it over. I want, I wonder what would happen if you had a piece of metal. Actually, I take that back because we do know. Because Jack has that key, he doesn't right. have his fillings, and then he just get like pulled out. I wonder if you could have fillings for an MRI
1: so here's the thing fillings i i don't know what fillings are made of i always thought they were actually mercury based
0: wait a second mr sal you're telling me if someone gets a filling it's that poison stuff that used to be in like thermometers and whatnot
1: i don't think they use it anymore but i don't think there's metal in fillings anymore uh, but I think that when there was metals metal in fillings, it was mercury.
0: Oh, you don't think it's even metal anymore?
1: I don't. I don't think they use metal fillings anymore. Oh, okay. I've got yeah. plenty of fillings, man. I tell you,
0: <laughs> I've uh, got a lot of mercury in my mouth.
1: I do, I do. But I don't think that I have. I don't think I've gotten a metal filling, a metal based filling, in like years, maybe decades.
0: Yeah, fair enough. I don't have any fillings. So I'm, not, I'm 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 an no, no problem. No, I do I do have a cavity. But whenever I go to the dentist, it's like they, they check it and they're like, does it hurt? And it doesn't hurt. So they're like, okay. <laughs> and that's it. They just go okay. And then they do they never give me a filling. And I I've asked about it. and They're like, nah, the, the cavity isn't grown, so believe we'll it. But. So. Um.
1: Well, congratulations. Yeah.
0: Uh, now that we've been over my yes, I, I am correct. What, what 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 is a what is a filling
1: like dental amalgam fillings? So, dental amalgam is a dental filling material used to fill cavities caused by tooth decay. Uh, dental amalgam fill, fillings are often referred to as silver fillings because of the silver-like appearance. Although the use of the term is not recommended because the term does not correctly explain the materials in the amalgam
0: a okay, dentist now, Mr. Sal. How dare you call this a silver filling? It's...
1: Dental amalgam is a mixture of metals consisting of liquid elemental mercury oh. and a powdered alloy composed of silver, tin, and copper, none of which is magnetic.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, none of that's magnetic. Mr. Sal, what are the magnetic metals?
1: Iron, nickel, cobalt.
0: Spoken like a true scientist. Nice work. i <laughs> well, should be proud.
1: Ah, oh, what a guy guy okay uh, but yeah so so i don't I, so I, I think there's there's some error in desmond saying my feelings hurt that's uh, true electromagnet now i hmm. i guess the, the other part of that is that all of those are very conductive so if his mouth was like if his feelings were conducting electricity that'd be a different story although i don't think i don't know how that happens without actual physical contact with the with the electromagnet because i i have have you ever bitten down on aluminum foil
0: i don't know i don't ever i've, I've heard this is an unpleasant feeling but i don't recall ever biting down on an aluminum foil
1: it is super unpleasant but why would I, you
0: bite on aluminum foil then
1: uh because you don't know any better or because oh, you're
0: okay. doing too oh okay oh <laughs> it's, just, it's, just such a, it's almost like a condescending way because you might get dared to. You ever, you ever, you ever, you, are, are you a nerd or something, Kurt? You never got dared to bite aluminum foil? <laughs> I could now tell Mr. Sale, has pro, have you been dared to bite aluminum foil, Mr. Sal?
1: I have. And, oh. I, <laughs> and I have metal fillings in my mouth, and it is very unpleasant. I'm wondering if that same sensation happens if you don't have metal fillings. So I was going to ask you if you had ever had knowing that you don't have any fillings. Do you want, do
0: you want me to try it out? Uh,
1: I don't know, man, it's, it's uncomfortable. I don't want to put you through that, but
0: so, yeah, well, what's the feeling? Is it like,
1: well, it's, it, it feels like an electric current running through your mouth.
0: Interesting. Okay.
1: Yeah. Cause basically you have completed a circuit by, putting the aluminum foil in there
0: what's i don't understand like what what's powering the circuit though like where's the
1: well the, there, there are electrical impulses in your body all the time
0: okay I see what you mean okay yeah. so it goes from like your nerves and then right put it into the aluminum foil and goes back. okay so interesting we've a big science lesson here in terms of a uh, teeth fillings and magnets <laughs> <laughs> yes uh and then a tad bit more on it is they look down at kind of like a crawl space vent, and maybe we could get underneath to whatever this concrete is hiding. So
1: much yeah. better idea than just beating on it with the table.
0: <laughs> <laughs> maybe that, maybe that's Saeed's job though. Like Jack seems to have given everyone jobs. I, I will say here, I I forgot to say it earlier. Jack seems to be much more commanding now.
1: Oh, I like, think you're right. Yeah, he
0: seems very commanding in this episode. Right, like yep. he just. He said the rule, mm, do the, Do your job, Hurley, and do that. Like, he's going around checking on people he's assigned roles to and making sure, hey, what's going on, keep me on, on loop. So he seems much more leading right now, much more of a command, you know, decisive ruling. So we'll we'll see. You know, maybe it's just for this episode. Maybe it's more uh, of a permanent I, thing. I agree. So, but back to your favorite storyline, the Pip-Boy is all that's left. A singular boy left in the pit. Sawyer. He's there alone. But the big guy comes up and gives him a chance to leave. Uh Sawyer, trying to hold out, says he will not until he knows his friends are okay. Michael, shocked by hearing this tidbit, comes in. I do like the line of saying, Oh, so we're friends now, huh? Yeah, it's good. So we can see Michael's okay. Analysia demands that you know Sawyer come up, but so he does. And Michael lets them know that, hey, they believe us that we were on the plane, too. These guys are on the you know back tail of it. So, you know, they start, they're getting ready to head out. But Anna Lucia can tell that Sawyer is holding a rock, presumably to use as some sort of weapon as revenge or safety. So, you know, he tells him to drop it on three. But before she can even get to three, almost like me counting down in one of our recap episodes... Yeah. Goes and strong arms Sawyer takes him to the ground, uh, kind of abuses his wound and makes him submit to her rule. Right, listen to me, or else you go back to the pet. So Sawyer begrudgingly agrees, but you know they get back up, and Anna says it's getting dark. We have to head out, head back, and Sawyer asks where they're going, which which. Angers Annalise, like, hey, don't question me. I went over this. You don't talk. Don't question me. And (laughs) Sawyer tells her, hey, I just wanted to remind you. (laughs) This is in such a nice way. Hey, well, you know, if you hit me again, I will kill you. (laughs) 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 And off they go. Poor Sawyer. If he didn't have this bullet wound, right, I wonder how much more lethal he would be. But.
1: Yeah, seriously. he's, he's
0: He's a very injured person. He's not doing well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he th- this and this wound looks gross, and it's like, this is only going to get worse. Hmm. He needs to get back to the antibiotics.
0: He needs a Jack in his life.
1: Yes, indeed.
0: But you know who Charlie needs in his life?
1: Papa Locke!
0: Papa Locke, and Locke has told him everything. We come back to, um... I mean, basically, just Charlie asking some... Follow- you know, finishing questions, like, wow... 108 minutes. I wonder how he slept with that, you know, and you tell me he just ran off like that Just just like that poofy goes and lock and miss yeah. He tried to track him down, but he barely left any tracks uh, And Charlie's just overall just amazed by how nutty and how this just sounds uh, And he asked the question that mr Sal wonders what happens if we don't press the button uh, lock lets him know that that's never gonna happen He's making plans on having two person shifts every six hours. That would be eight people in the course of 40 or 24 hours. So, very doable for this, you know, group of survivors.
1: would be uh, John, Jack, Hurley, Kate, Saeed. That's only five.
0: That's only five, yeah. Hurley? Everyone's Hop Hurley on there. He was having a shift, actually. We saw him having a shift.
1: Well, yeah, I said Hurley though.
0: So oh, oh sorry. Ellie, I mean, it's It's Dynamite
1: Squad plus Saeed.
0: And then won't that be wait, wait, wait? We have Hurley, Jack, Saeed. Wait, oh, no, that's Saeed. Well, yes, Saeed. But yes, Kate Locke. Oh, yeah. I was I was I was counting Desmond in there. Yeah, Desmond's not there. Oh no every guy used, i was like who are the people in the bunker but that's when it's not in the bunker <laughs> yeah okay so that that is five people yeah. three more so people
1: you said it worked out to eight people
0: yeah by his unless yeah so who are the
1: other three
0: i don't know that's his job though to figure out when he talks about it a bit more to hurley but that's his job to kind of formalize this whole button pressing thing. Okay. So. There's, there's locks of duties. Some easier than others. Saeed's got to beat a piece of concrete with titanium. <laughs> He's got to make the hard food decisions, and locke has got to tell people, yeah, just press a button. <laughs> yeah, just every 108 minutes while you're on shift, you just hit the button. Oh. So. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh... Charlie also asks Hur- you know, asks Locke what Hurley is doing, and Locke confesses that Hurley is in charge of food. Yeah. Uh, so we get the next scene here. It's Hurley sitting by a beach, presumably stressed out of his mind, having to think about the food. I'm assuming they've finished inventorying by now? So, yeah, he's
1: back and forth to the beach quite a bit in this episode.
0: Yeah, so he's probably thinking on how he wants to distribute it. He's probably very stressed about it. And Charlie comes to him, and wow, so you remember how much of a jerk he was the last scene he was to Hurley, right? Yep. Like he was he was a he was being a jerk, but surely he can't top it now, right? Surely he can't. But no, he does to know. Oh, Somehow he, he manages to act like a ten year old and then also make demands.
1: Yes, never underestimate the pettiness of Charlie.
0: Yeah, so he comes to him and he's like, Hey, Hurley, I already know. Locke told me everything. Na 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 boo boo. It <laughs> yeah. kinda kinda gets it from Hurley you know, gets him to trip up in his lies somewhere, or how you know, he, he confirms it, and then he asks, okay, well, Hurley, do you know there's any peanut butter? And Hurley confirms that there is peanut butter, so Charlie's like, well, can I have one? And when Hurley says he cannot, because, you know, that'd be unfair, and he still has to decide to distribute it, Charlie gets so angry, and he gets so mad at Hurley, like, come on, Claire's pregnant, or, I mean, she was pregnant recently, had a baby, and you've just become one of them, Hurley. Management, uh, you know. He thought Charlie felt that him and Hurley were friends, but you know what? No, Hurley's changed, man Hurley's changed. Yeah, he's the man. Yeah, he's the man you now. Huh. so I mean, come on, Charlie. Ah, it pains me so much. Oh. Yeah, it's it's kind of gross. It is. It is. It really it really brings Charlie down the totem pole for me. Like ah. Uh. So much so. Uh, but thankfully we get a flashback that takes the sour taste out of my mouth. Uh Hurley and Johnny. Uh they're singing Charlie's song. Yeah, you all, everybody. Uh let's say drive shaft, right?
1: Yeah, that was pretty awesome. I'm I was glad they did this. They're
0: in this kind of music store thing. They're hey, let's go check out some of those headphones up front. And it appears that uh Johnny and Hurley know the cashier Starla. Ah, uh, they appear to be friends, acquaintances, something of the sort, and mm-hmm. you know Starla's kind of shocked that Hurley and Johnny quit their jobs. Wow, that's you know outlandish, you know. And Hurley's trying on headphones, and you know Hurley decides, you know what, I'm going for it, and he asks Starla out on Friday. Sadly, he gets a big no, but Saturday works. So yeah, that's okay. good for Hurley. <laughs> And you know, so Hurley's Hurley's excited, and when him and Johnny are walking away, Johnny's also he's amazed that Hurley worked up the courage to ask her out. Uh, and all Hurley can say is, you know, you know, well, Johnny asks, why'd you do that? How would you get the courage? And Hurley can just say, you know, he he felt like he just had to before, and he he doesn't finish his sentence. Before what? Presumably handing in his ticket. So we're seeing Hurley wants to make sure. People like him for him, not for if he got like a hundred or however many millions of dollars.
1: Yeah, and this is this is kind of a turning point in the episode for me. Like, mm-hmm. once he did this, I was like, All right, now I,
0: more, it's much easier. Yeah,
1: yeah, I'm starting to see how these memories are, are fitting in with what we're seeing on the island and why he's so concerned about coming into all this food. All right. I like where this is going now.
0: Alright. Yep, yeah, and it's good flashback. Good for uh, good for Hurley. You also get to see uh your favorite Said <laughs> and Jack. Uh I mean this this isn't too bad, but they're underneath in the whatever crawl space under this facility. Mm-hmm. Uh we learn more okay, so it appears they've poured concrete down here as well. Saïd makes a safe assumption, or at least to him, a safe assumption, that there's some sort of geothermal generator behind this concrete, okay, uh, to help power this facility, because there's these super hot pipes. Watch out! So that's cool. Geothermal power must be very nice. Uh, uh, do you wish you could have geothermal power? That's like free energy.
1: So I kind of do. So it's it's funny that you that even
0: Iceland or Greenland has a lot of geothermal power. Like, they have so much geothermal power they use it to heat their water as well.
1: Yeah. So, it's funny you should bring this up because uh, I've I've had to have, about a year ago, I had to have a, 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 a heating uh, repair person come and fix my furnace um, which is propane powered. Um, but while he was here, he's in my basement, and he was like, "Do you have geothermal power or geothermal heat?" I was like, "No." It's like that's a geothermal uh, like hookup or outlet or something. I was like, "Really? Yeah, that's what that is." I was like, "No, as far as I know, I, I do not have that." Um, but apparently, it's all it doesn't it doesn't go to anything on the inside end. So I don't know if underneath my house there is a geothermal, I don't know, what do you call that? Port pit?
0: (laughs) Port. I put a big thing and it works.
1: Yeah. But then I also keep getting all these ads and whatever apps I'm using for a specific company that does geothermal. And I'm like, is it really that easy to put in? It seems like it would be really invasive and difficult to install geothermal energy.
0: I have no clue. <laughs> Maybe something you should look into. That'd be nice. Not gonna pay like a power bill or something. If you literally lived over a geothermal hotspot. but yeah, yeah, I have no, I have no clue. I mean, I, I like the like, geothermal
1: power. My guess is since I'm not using currently using the geothermal, that uh, it's, I don't know if too many people that switch from geothermal to propane. So probably it just didn't
0: work. <laughs> yeah, because if it's already got a hookup, like. Yeah, someone someone must have used it. Yeah, maybe it's unreliable or something. Like, yeah, it must have been used in the past. Almost you know, yeah. whoever had the house before you, or whoever just got the hook up and decided, you know, I'll have this in case of like some sort of apocalypse. Like you, you don't swap want to 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 th-
1: dig deep, deep, deep into your yard just in case.
0: Just to, I mean, you never know. If the, that, the end of the world happens, you gotta got deep. geothermal power.
1: You got to really go deep to get the geothermal energy.
0: Fair enough. You also got to be in the right spot. Yeah. Uh,
1: anyway, these guys. Uh, Saeed thinks there's geothermal energy here.
0: He suspects it's geothermal energy, and Jack wants to know Saeed's opinions on this place. And mm-hmm. also, he can you know he feels this down. the last time he's remembered of you know an organization pouring this much concrete over something. Mm-hmm. It's Chernobyl. And for people that don't know Chernobyl, it's the big nuclear like fallout. Not fallout even, just it was a meltdown.
1: Program,
0: yeah. yeah, nuclear meltdown in a was it Ukraine? Right. Yep. In yep. Ukraine during the Soviet Union. And uh I mean it it the place is still inhabitable, will still be inhabitable inhabitable for a long time and to help kinda of combat this, the uh workers cemented the whole place or concrete, whichever they Basically, just buried it. Uh, though it's still not inhabitable for a very long time.
1: Yeah, and actually, that shell that they put on it is it, like deteriorating and and falling apart. And actually, um, they it's it's probably as dangerous, if not more dangerous, now than it was right after. And many scientists think that the next Chernobyl will be Chernobyl itself.
0: What? So
1: oh yeah like because the 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 structure of that they that they used to contain it is falling apart um so they actually just recently i'm i should always i should be using the past tense was falling apart because they recently have rebuilt like around that structure a really amazing st- structure i
0: remember this i remember you showing me this and yeah,
1: like, there's a Nova Nova special on it. It is very cool.
0: Um. But yeah. Well, this reminds this is a reminder of Chernobyl. So I wonder, you know, why all this concrete? Very spooky. It is. And uh they hear something that sounds like maybe gas coming out of a pipe or some sort of leak. They hear some sort of noise. Yep. Jack goes to investigate it, and wouldn't you believe it, it's Kate exiting the shower. It, i feel like this is kind of odd i don't know if like it just i mean it definitely looks a little awkward when they first conversated but i feel like if i open the door and i see someone in the shower i feel like i just immediately close the door yes right? even, even if they're putting on a towel i'm not like oh. the towel's <laughs> on so say hey, okay like i'd be like oh whoops, sorry my bed like <laughs> but yeah but you know what? maybe maybe the time on the island you lose these manners and it's just like hey, you know what you're not naked so hey what's going on and they have a bit of a back and forth and Showers, meh. But hey, a shower. And Jack, you're kind of dirty. You could use one.
1: <laughs> That's about it. She wasn't pulling any punches there.
0: No. Nah. Um, we we join back to the Walking Men and the others. Question mark. No. Yep. The Walking it, Men being uh, Mike, Jin, and Sawyer, and the others being the other people, not the others that Mister Sal might think I'm referring to.
1: I I don't refer to any group as the others anymore.
0: I right, fair enough. <laughs> Sounds become very anti the others. I am. It's <laughs> like okay, so we're we're with the survivors two point oh and uh, the raft squad here. Uh yeah. Mike helps someone by the name of Libby from tripping, and they have a bit of an exchange. Mike mm-hmm. tells her that there's forty of them. Libby says that there was twenty three of them. Did you key into that was when she first said it?
1: Uh. No, actually, but are... because I was too busy keying into the twenty-three. Okay, fair enough. But yeah, so there right? was twenty-three is one of the numbers.
0: <laughs> that it is. I didn't even catch that. So that is
1: true. So twenty-three is one of the numbers, and then it got me thinking. So I know there were about forty survivors, but was it forty-two?
0: I mean, it was more than forty-two because it was forty when they left. I wonder. I, I I'm curious to how many are. It was definitely more. I'm curious to how many survivors are total. I think it's more than 40. I don't think it's 42. He
1: keeps just saying about 40. Okay. like
0: Even when Rousseau asks how many of them. I think, I think Jack said 44 to Desmond or Locke, whichever is the one that told him. But I don't know if that was before or after counting the four people that left on the raft.
1: Well, and then yeah, you got to count um, the two that died too. Well, three died, but one was born. So, a net loss of two. But,
0: I want to know... Four died. Boone How... drowning. The person that got killed by Ethan. Yeah. And Arnst. Oh, I forgot about Arnst. <gasps> we, we brought him up like three times in the episode. Yeah. <laughs> Still alive in your heart, Mr. Sal. I respect that. Respect, but... <laughs> But I want to know what... And was... Walt is also missing.
1: I want to know what was the original number of people.
0: Definitely the... more than 42. Definitely more than 42. Are you sure? Oh, yeah. It's like 48 or something. Well, that's disappointing. It should have been 42. <laughs> Every character is critical, Mr. Cell. They can't just go throwing away that many characters. But... You have to throw in the likes of like Steve or something. I'm very disappointed
1: in the writers here because this I mean, they could have picked any number of people for this group to have as survivors, and they picked twenty-three, which is one of the numbers. Okay. So I'm very disappointed that they didn't pick forty two for the uh, the for our groups our group of survivors. I
0: hadn't even thought about that, but that is a very good point. Never crossed my mind that she said twenty three. But so we learn a bit about their numbers, somewhat. A bit of an outdated number. Mm-hmm. You'll soon learn that it that is out of date. Dude. So we have the big guy, whose name we still don't know, even by the end of the episode, uh asking Sawyer if he's alright, he's trying to make amends, you know, it was an understand or it's not understanding, a misunderstanding what happened. And I love Sawyer's line of, you know, and you know, a misunderstanding is when you bring me lemonade instead of iced tea. <laughs> So sorry, yeah, so he's not pleased one bit, and they arrive to some other sort of bunker. Now it's not a nice, not as nice as their bunker. You know, analysts we give some sort of secret knock, but they go in. It's kind of almost like a mining shaft or something. It looks like at first, but they go in, and you can actually see the hexi. I don't think hexagonal or octagonal. Is that octagons or hexagons, but the Dharma logos. You kind of see them. In the oh really? If you look, yeah, you can see two of them. Oh wow. So is Dharma, whatever this is. And uh, definitely not as nice as the Swan, but some sort of um, bunker place. And, you know, Michael's like, wait, there's 23 of you? And Libby admits that there were 23 of them, not are.
1: <laughs> yeah. So my mind is reeling here. Like, did they get sick? Is that what's going on?
0: Mm, big questions, Mr. Sal. I wonder what happened to Survivors 2.0. Uh, back Back with our main Survivors, we see Sun. First time we've seen Son, and I think the first time we've maybe not the first time we've seen her, but first time we've heard her talk. I think surely, especially with anything of any sort she, of importance.
1: He may have said something in the in the first episode. I think she said something about, uh, she came down on one side of the fate argument, like. Uh, somebody was talking about, uh, punishment being punished. Um, oh man. I don't remember. It's yeah. the first
0: thing of relevance to now. So I'm going to say <laughs> she's done because that, that I do not remember and you can barely remember. So yeah, it's true. So son gardening as she does, keeping her garden in tip top shape and Claire with the baby, Bannon with Vince come uh, and Claire tells son that she found the bottle and the water uh, and that son should know. You know it's the raft messages and they feel that son should decide what to do.
1: I like this.
0: Why do you like it?
1: I like this a lot because they could they could have gone to Jack. Because <laughs> I was,
0: was going to ask you why not go to Jack.
1: Well, because he doesn't have any skin in this game, right? This is this is Michael Walt Sawyer and Jen. Okay, the person who's most closely connected to those f- those four is Sun. So I think it's really I think it was really thoughtful and nice, and, and it makes sense. That they would go to Sun instead of Jack, because she should be the one to decide about this.
0: How nice! How sweet! Aww, friendship.
1: Now I don't necessarily agree with what she did.
0: No, no, no. I was gonna. We'll we'll get to that. But yeah. uh, we get back to the Swan and the lock in the armory, doing whatever Lock wants to do with. The, I don't know. Doing something with the guns, but.
1: I mean, this is this is a like a cannon this is this is not a gun this is like a lucca <laughs> <new
0: gun. laughs> this is a blood big sky hi uh, <laughs> Hurley comes in and he's very mad at Locke because he told Charlie everything you know and he's and Hurley kind of starts going off you know, he's mad that they even came down here in the first place right now everything is going to change the same words Jin had told them in his dream
1: yep.
0: and Locke argues that change is good. Uh, we'll get to more on that in a second but I'll finish this scene Locke argues that change is good Hurley feels that is not true right? he is mad you know, and he talks about how he's mad that he has to say no to people Right? like the peanut butter to Charlie yep. and you know people gonna get mad at him when he has to lay down the law kind of right mm-hmm. I say no to that person I say yes to that person well, then they're, I'm the one that gets all the blame yep. uh, Locke says you know what we all have jobs early right everybody has jobs that they hate you don't get to quit Hugo right and for example he says that he has to convince people to hit a button that they have no reason behind right so he Mm -hmm. says I have to trust you know get people to blandly agree to hit this button every 108 minutes so I want to ask you Mr. Sal do you think and the way Locke says change is good do you think change is good
1: uh, I mean, it can be, and it doesn't have to be.
0: Okay. Think, <laughs> if, <you laughs> I'm going to okay with that. I hate the blanket statement of change is good. I, yeah. I mean, it depends on the context.
1: Yeah, it definitely does. You know, so, I mean, we, there's, there's a, there's an argument to be made that like, if you're entirely focused on progress, that's, that's wrong. And if you're entirely fo- focused on tradition, that's also wrong. And and you probably need a little bit of both. Um, <laughs> I know. Normally, I'm a big fan of uh, no big fan of half measures, but uh, in in the case of tradition versus progress, I think there's a there's a place for both. Now, more interesting to me, you know where I'm going with this? No, where? Okay, is this conversation about Locke's jobs? He's like, I've had plenty of jobs.
0: Oh.
1: (laughs) And he blatantly calls him Hugo again. Nobody calls him Hugo, except
0: for Locke. Yes. Do so you think he's referring to working in that box company?
1: Yes, because because we know he hated that job. Uh, you're not letting this die, are you? I'm not. I I never will. You no, know, it's sad.
0: Sometimes.
1: Hey, but listen. You you don't know everything.
0: That's right. I don't know everything.
1: I could be spot on, and you might You might, might not. be
0: spot on. You might be, Mr. Sal.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: I kind of hope you are. I think it would make you really happy if you were spot on. Yeah. I think it would make you more happy than it would be funny for me to see it burn to the ground. So, I hope you're right. I don't think you're right. But I hope you're right. I think I'm right. Good for you. You don't think I'm right? No, not in the slightest. <laughs> Okay. Not not one.
1: I think I'm right.
0: I know you do. (laughs) I hope you would, but you know, I respect it. Respect it. It takes a level of gusto to keep with something as long as you have with this. So I respect that.
1: But keep looking for something to disprove it. And I mean, there is no reason. I've never ever in a piece of, of film, television, or any art form. Heard of a box company.
0: <laughs> I know. This is your biggest, this is like the biggest reason that lied to you. Even the first time we heard about Locke working at a box company, you're like, that's so strange. He was so a box weird. company. I can't believe it. And then, and then the second early episode, when a box company's mentioned, you're like, box company. yeah It all makes sense now. <laughs> it does. I'm telling you. Anyway. But Mr. Sal, someone out there's got to be working at a box company. Of
1: course. Naturally. I've just never seen it portrayed on the screen (laughs) i think
0: you're saying you don't believe that people actually work at box companies i know you think think boxes are just conjured out of thin air no i i totally how do you think people get boxes
1: kurt i understand how people get boxes
0: you do know know there are box companies right
1: yes i do just (laughs) not on the screen interesting (laughs) i don't think that you you make these two can connect, both connected to a box company unless it's the same box company?
0: So that means if I talk about a gas station in one episode and then a gas station five episodes, 10 episodes later, I'm talking about the same gas station.
1: Uh, no, because gas stations are all over television and movies.
0: Okay, well, do you know how many box companies there are in the US? I know I, I don't, and I don't even more than gas I stations. Don't
1: know how many box companies I've seen portrayed in television and movies? Zero. Until lost,
0: <laughs> I know. I I know what you're going with here. They're very rare, and because they've been brought up by two separate characters, there must be some sort of connection between those.
1: Characters. I'm still right about this. I know I'm right about this. And if you didn't haven't seen it, it's.
0: Just... <laughs> I love I love your righteousness. My my my, my biggest argument to that, Mister Salas, if you feel that Locke knew about the numbers, now maybe he still could have worked for the company. doesn't know the numbers as well as you might say he did. He forgot. Forty-two. He thought thirty-two.
1: Uh, now, he was ph-
0: he bluffing?
1: I think he was bluffing.
0: Oh, okay. Fair enough. We're arguing against that, but okay. I I respect the tenacity. I'm
1: I'm telling you, I'm going to be right. And if you don't already know that I'm right, it's because you haven't watched fair enough in. <laughs> I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you.
0: Okay. Keep strong, Mr. Sal.
1: Oh, I will. <laughs> if I see something to disprove it, I'm latched on, like lockjawed onto this thing.
0: Okay. Fair enough. Oh, I really hope they reference it again. Like, yeah, I used to work at a box company. Huh? I used to own a box company. <laughs> Interesting. Well, oh. anyway, uh, we we get back to the jungle. Uh after his conversation with Locke, we have Hurley in the jungle. He's going around. We don't really know what he's doing until it's very, you know, we, we see him grabbing, hidden under one of the trees or by one of these hollow trees that this jungle's filled with. Never seen these before either in media, but you know. <laughs> also also strange things. Hollow trees. Okay. This is the, I a pre-hollowed tree.
1: I don't think it's a hollow tree. I think it's like
0: that's some a, vines,
1: like a bamboo grove. Well, this this is like vines, but like where they keep hiding,
0: yeah, from it's the monster,
1: like a like a, a a bamboo grove, like with a gap in the middle of it. I don't nice know why what you're I,
0: saying. But... <clears throat> it just makes me think of a tree, huh? I think so it just makes me think of a tree. But fair enough. Okay. That's okay. probably way more accurate to what it is. Bamboo yeah. grove. It just kind of has the hollow middle a bit. But anyway, he grabs the dynamite, the remaining dynamite they had from the Black Rock.
1: Yeah, this is crazy. So, what, are, what are you thinking, Hurley? Really?
0: I wonder what Hugo's thinking. Uh, well,
1: I knew exactly what he was thinking. I was like, what are you doing?
0: Why, <laughs> wow, you've got to go and do that. But before we see he's going to do with that, we see a flashback. Uh, the sec- Kind of the second to last flashback because the, the last one goes very back and forth. Um, it's night, it's Hurley and Johnny, they're gnome swiping. You ever swipe a gnome? No. <laughs> okay, not as much. So, I just wanted to see if I could get you to admit to a crime. Anyway, uh, you no, know, they've are they got the gnome, they start spelling out a word on their bosses, their former bosses, Randy's lawn, Randy being their former uh, clucker's boss, or whatever that name of that store is. I'm out. Yes.
1: What was the name of her of uh, Locke's boss? T- tell me, I want to hear you say it.
0: I did. It escapes me.
1: No, it doesn't.
0: It really escapes me because I just said the name Randy, but I'm referring to Hugo's former boss.
1: I am almost certain that Locke's boss was also named Randy. You keep going. I'm gonna look it up.
0: <laughs> you may or may not be correct. Uh, I hate that we just talked about your 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 crazy conspiracy theories. Said that you found something else to latch on to. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, uh, they spelt out "Cluck You to uh <laughs> to Randy the boss. Way to go! You ever, you ever get back at a boss, Mister Son?
1: Uh no. <laughs> of course, of
0: course not. Because you lo you love all your bosses. All your bosses are great people.
1: Confirmed Randy <laughs> was the name of John Locke's boss at the box company.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very interesting, Mr. Sal. Very observant of you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> huh. I mean, people have the same name all the time, like Brian. I just think the people I lost are kinda lazy. They give bosses the same name, they gave the Brian's the boyfriend slash you know, love like a loved one name. Kurt mm-hmm.
1: This is a mic drop. Okay. The actor who played Randy is the uh-huh. same actor.
0: <laughs> huh. Very, just- curious. <laughs> Very curious. Very curious. It's the same guy. (laughs) I'm so happy. Why are you happy? This proves nothing, Mr. (laughs) Sack. This is crazy.
1: Billy Ray Galleon (laughs) plays both Randys.
0: I have a question, did you realize that person's name was Randy until I said so? No. Oh yeah, I guess you already would have researched this had you known. Okay. Very interesting. Ah, oh But you're still the, in that you're still in that nut job of a box conspiracy, right? Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Well, I don't know how this Randy thing helps you at all. So what? Same people have twins all the time. You know, people I, I could walk down the street, probably find a guy that looks just like me. You know what I mean? Same name too. No, what's the What's the big difference? Well, There's only so many names.
1: I mean, I, I don't know how this really works out though, because we know that, that Locke's boss, Randy, was the was at the at the box company and was he was there like right before the plane crash. I don't know how
0: I mean uh, this
1: flashback is, but I I mean I I know it's months before the
0: flashback.
1: So I guess it's possible that he could have jumped jobs.
0: I mean, what's the best way to get back at the boss you don't like? You buy maybe you find um, the place he works for, become their boss, and make him work in a box company. <laughs> yes, but that's just me trying to give a little bit of credence to your nut job conspiracy.
1: Oh my! You know, oh, this this is so.
0: I'm so proud of myself, Kurt. <laughs> I can tell you, you, you're you, speaking with another level. I've never seen you so proud before. Or <laughs> heard you so proud. I looked it up on my
1: phone, and I I literally dropped my phone on the couch. I was just like, this is...
0: You couldn't believe it. I saw, I heard your voice light up when I said, Randy. Oh. Very. Oh. Well, we'll have to see if you turn out to ever be cracked, but... Highly dubious.
1: Highly dubious. Highly dubious that I'm wrong. (laughs)
0: Oh, okay. Going on with the flashback. Uh, Johnny, uh, you know, so they they pranked their old boss, Randy. You know, they're happy. It's all hoots and hollers. But Johnny starts kind of getting back to the real world. Like, hey, Hurley, what else do you want to do for the rest of the day? Because, you know, we got about ten more hours. And then, you know, we've got to start looking for work tomorrow. And Hurley really wants Johnny to promise that this will never change, that this being their friendship. Uh Johnny kind of thinks, Oh, you're gonna get some sort of like stomach surgery or something, but Hurley's actually serious. Like, come on, Johnny. Give me a promise, right? That will never change and Johnny will even drink to it. All he needs is to borrow two bucks. So <laughs> So how do you feel about their friendship, Michelle? Do you really so do you think their friendship's genuine? Do you think that Johnny knows that he's won the lottery?
1: I mean, it. I don't know. I I mean, I feel like I I didn't think anything of it. I I felt like it was genuine, until I looked back on the whole thing, and I was like, why did he quit his job? Now he's got to go find another job, and finding a job is a pain. Nobody wants to do that. So, I'm very much questioning whether he already knew or not.
0: Okay, fair enough. but We, we spoke oh, about this, this earlier. Is questioning. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. But Johnny says they you know our friendship won't change. He gives almost a guarantee. They just have to drink to it. So, we're back to the present. And we're going to go back and forth now uh, between the present and the flashbacks. So I'll, we'll mm-hmm. see how good we can do this. But. Hurley's there in the pantry about to put the fuse in the dynamite. And Rose walks in on him, right? And yeah. you know, she's kind of like, what are you doing, Hurley? I'm putting, I've got the dynamite here in the pantry. Because he doesn't want it to happen again. He right. says this, flashback, gas station. There's a news crew, okay? They're interviewing, what is probably the clerk of a, the gas station. Maybe the owner, but a clerk, owner, I'll call him the clerk. The, whoever sold him the ticket.
1: That's what we assuming, yeah. So in the chicken mascot costume from his dream.
0: Yes. So whoever sold her the ticket, he's being interviewed by the news and Hurley starts trying to talk to Johnny. Okay. Like, hey, these guys price cows. They market the prices. Let's get out of here. But Johnny wants to know why the news is here. Maybe someone died. Right. So Johnny's curious. He's parking. He's going to investigate back to yeah. in the present. Rose is concerned, right? Hurley might hurt someone. Hurley's assuring Rose that everyone's going to be safe. You know, he's gonna make sure no one's close. It's a very fortified room. He's just gonna blow it up. Mm-hmm. But Rose wants an explanation to why he blows it up. And Hurley feels that it will mess it, that this pantry will mess it all up. Everything up. he, yeah. doesn't, he doesn't specify yet. We get the flashback again. It's Johnny telling Hurley someone won the lottery. Fair yeah. enough, we already knew that. Back to the present. Hurley feels that everything was fine before. He goes on this tirade of, things were fine before we found this pantry. But now, you know, I if I give food to someone over someone else, they're both going to get mad at me. Not each other, me, right? I'm the person. Everyone's going to hate Hurley. Everyone's going to hate Hugo. And we get back to the flashback, and we see the clerk recognizing Hurley. He goes, that's the guy. And everyone runs over, the news crew runs over to go get, you know, to get Hurley in the limelight. And Johnny gives, like, a very sad, oh, look, a betrayed look, right, yeah. to Hurley, right? He's not pleased. And we keep seeing this look, like, interwoven over and over now as we go to the present Yeah. of, you know. And it's Hurley, he's still on his of, you know, then they'll get really mad, you know. This is the people, if he gave food to someone over someone else, they both get mad at him, not each other. And then you know what? They'll get really mad. And they're going to start asking, you know, why does Hugo have everything why does he get to decide? And then they're all going to hate me. So, so, uh, Hurley's stirring to, he's re- the, the whole connection of this episode is he's relating to winning the lottery and presumably the distancing of his relationships. I guess primarily here his friendship with Johnny with getting this food and everyone, uh, becoming more distant to Hurley because he's going to pick who gets what food or having to decide, uh, just the distribution of this pantry, right? So he's, and that's his biggest. That's that's the big crux of this episode. Is this like this is what Hurley's worried about because they all hate him for a Just like right. I guess it looks like Johnny does. So Hurley doesn't know what to do. Uh, and you know, Rose is trying to uh comfort him, but yeah, he doesn't know what to do. And we we cut to the beach. It's uh Hurley at the beach goes to Jack, the boss guy, Jack. And he lays it flat to Jack, right? Tells him like it is, this pantry can feed one man three meals per day for like the next three months. So that is them? a lot of food. Yeah.
1: Like, <laughs> hearing that, I'm like, wow, Desmond was screwed.
0: Desmond was getting of close. I mean, that's that's like one man three meals a day. Maybe you cut it down to two meals a day. I mean, yeah, that, that gets you for like more time, another month and a half maybe, but yeah. Desmond was looking like he was running low. So, uh, but split among 40 people, this is not going to go far. You know, I'm more curious, where was more food held? Like, when's the last time they got a resupply? Because that looks pretty filled to the brim that pantry. No. So, uh, anyway, I, I won't question it that much. No, uh, but,
1: by the way, this, this is about, like, a little less than seven meals per person. If there are 40 of
0: them. Oh, you did the math on this, because it's three meals a day, three months. We say 90 days, 90 days times three. 270, 270 yeah. divided 40. Yeah. yeah, a little
1: less than seven meals per person. A little less so, than seven meals it per person. Really is right. Like this is this isn't
0: useful. This will last us like, uh, assuming it's two meals a day, like yeah. four days. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, split amongst 40 people, this isn't going to go far. And you know, he says that you know I have a plan since I'm in charge of the food, but it's got to be done my way. And to Hurley's surprise, right? Jack just, you know, he nods and agrees like, okay, yeah, you, you make the decision there, Hurley. And you now uh, delegations, the cornerstone of the leadership, Jack, Jack's fully fine with delegating this to uh, Hurley. Yeah, good for and him. Hurley. And Hurley's surprised that Jack lit him, so he's like, oh, okay. And then we get the Hurley giving montage, he's going around, right? We start off, there's Charlie the Jerk, he gets his undeserved peanut butter, whatever. <laughs> Right? Hurley. He's going out. He's handing food out to Survivors willing to You over there. There's some chips. You over there. Here's the ranch. You over there. <laughs> that. He's handing food out. Everyone's trading, sharing. V- even Vince is having some food. Aaron, the baby's happy. Uh, We get this long sequence of Charlie giving Claire the peanut butter. And she's really happy to have the peanut butter. And Charlie's basically taking all the credit of giving her the peanut butter. When in reality... Hurley gave him the peanut butter to give to Claire. And in reality, Hurley didn't do much of the peanut butter either. It was kind of just the pan. Like but I the, the gratefulness of this peanut butter, I feel like definitely should not lie with Charlie. And I wouldn't even say you really have to give it to Hurley all that much either, but that's, there's gratefulness here, but I don't know where it should go to. Um. So, so here's,
1: I guess why I'm okay with Charlie getting some credit for the peanut butter because uh, Hurley wouldn't have necessarily handed the peanut butter to them.
0: Head now,
1: Charlie. with, yeah. so
0: that's fair. That's fair. No, fair enough. Uh, we also peanut
1: butter, but it might not have gone to them.
0: Yeah, I you should mean. Yeah, someone else might have gotten the peanut butter. Uh, yeah. Kate and Jack—they're eating some grub. Locke's sharing around with the other no-name survivors, right? And we see, you know, a... and at the end of the montage, everyone's giving Hurley a pat on the back. Everyone loves Hurley, and Charlie even gives him a big hug, and you can see the gleaming smile on his face. Yep, so, that's all Tur- or Hurley wanted. Well, yeah, was, was not to be hated by everyone. <laughs> after right,
1: this, this is like a, he's being loved by everyone. So I mean, this is probably more than he wanted. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this a is a happy
0: this. surprise. Yep. Yeah. yeah, he's glad. Uh, we pan over, and meanwhile, just a bit out from this food fiesta, this food crazed maybe soon to have comas everyone's celebrating we have sun digging a hole in the sand and burying uh the bottle of messages Mm -hmm. why do you think she's doing that
1: so yeah i really question this decision uh there's
0: one reason that pops into my head that's pretty good
1: right so one of the themes of this series at, at, at multiple points in the series has been the idea of hope, you know, in the the second episode, uh, you know, Saeed says hope is a dangerous thing to take away from people. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Jack's entire point of view episode at the uh, episode, one of the season was about hope and the, uh, his inability to give people hope, uh, and his, his propensity to take hope away from people and how dangerous that was. Uh, so, Here's Son, who's doing the opposite of Jack. She she is, she refuses to take hope away from people. That's that's including probably herself. She she, I think she buries it because she doesn't want to be reminded of it. Um, And and so I I I think that's probably the the biggest reason why she buries it. Uh, You know I, I I don't know that it's necessarily the the right thing to do because this is. This is clearly false hope that she's giving people.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see what you're saying. It's false hope, but she doesn't. She doesn't want to be the bearer of bad news. And is it better to tell them no one's coming? Oh, okay. So is it better to tell them that they got the bottle back, and so they don't think help is coming, or just let people keep living and let it like meander out, kind of. Well, look, and there's always the idea of hope that so maybe they did get found.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's there are lots of ways that bottle falls off the rack. Oh,
0: definitely too. And, then, and like a storm happens, bottle yeah. falls off. Like it's not just that they've crashed, and that, yeah. boom, you know, they're dead. Bottle falls back. Yeah, that's also true.
1: Because you find this bottle does not mean hope is lost. Okay, but I I do I think that she is trying to spare people the worry and and maintain the hope that they have, so that's my take on it anyway
0: yeah, interesting okay
1: probably not the choice I would have made, but you know whatever
0: (laughs) interesting decision, but okay Uh, yeah, what do you think she should have done, just at least tell some people
1: well, I think she should have told people
0: yeah, she probably at least told Jack or someone just someone, could like I mean, I guess what do you do is the question. I don't really know what you do, so. I mean, I, isn't
1: that bad. I. I would want to have the information. I think that having the information is is, you know, in that case, probably beneficial. Like because you, giving.
0: Now, Mr. Zal can go back to building his log cabin. Like, well, told you guys we're here for a long time. We're living here, people. Exactly. Now I'm building my log cabin.
1: Exactly. How have they not built a log cabin yet?
0: I mean, besides the rain, it doesn't ever look like it's that cold out. And the cave seemed pretty nice.
1: Yeah, I suppose. I, just I, want,
0: I would not want to start building a log cabin. I want doors. Especially without tools.
1: No, that's a good point.
0: I was gonna, I'm going to build a single door just so that way I have a door.
1: <laughs>
0: oh. Going would, over, oh,
1: I wouldn't put it past myself.
0: Okay, fair enough. Do you think you could build the door out of what you have around and the silent?
1: Um, I, I, mm,
0: I feel like I, a hinge. I feel like it can't be that hard. Especially with like the hinge with like the rod in the middle, you know, that kind of hold like two hinges makes, to hold the door place. I feel like I can make that.
1: Look, I am not handy in any. Anyway, I
0: don't think I'm especially without tools. Like with tools, I can make that. I'm pretty sure, but without tools, whew. but given enough time on the island, if I really wanted to do it, I think I could do it. The question is, I don't think I would really want to do it. I don't think I'd care enough. Well, is the door really the top priority here? No.
1: So that's yeah, exactly. That that's the thing is is.
0: probably get some leaves and put it over and then like you know kind of like a like beads when you enter a room like those beads they gotta push out of the way it's like you just push the leaves out of the way and you're in there you go easier (laughs) than a door (laughs) fair enough uh but anyway our, our architecture and our building styles aside if we were to live on this island mr sal immediately after the crash one day after the crash he's already starting to build his house he's like we're here for a long time everyone no use you guys heard the you guys heard the transmission at least you guys heard the transmission well maybe not you guys because you guys are no-name survivors but i i was told i'm part of the inner <laughs> circle yeah no hope boys no hope uh we cut to the survivors 2.0 uh our raft squad that being of course again mike sawyer Jin. they're kind of off alone in the corner uh and they're discussing the survivors 2.0 about something we don't know what but they're talking and a man approaches mike and he asks hey is there a woman named Rose where they are? The story one that pipes up that, hey, yeah, we know a Rose. And Bernard, you know, is she okay? And Mike says, yes. She is okay. And Bernard, oh, I already said his name. My bad. This, this secret man becomes <laughs> very happy and starts to cry because dun, 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 it's Bernard! Yay! <laughs> Yay Bernard's alive! And then the episode ends, we cut back to Rose, and she looks smug as a bug in a rug. Like she knew Bernard was alive. How did she know? Who knows? Well, but but,
1: know. well, but the, I love this ending, though. I think it's beautiful. She pockets an Apollo bar, presumably. Oh, yes,
0: she, yes. I forgot about this. Yes, she yeah. pockets that Apollo bar. She's thinking about... We, we surmise she's thinking about Bernard, and we... From their conversation earlier about the candies. Bernard loves candy, yeah. Pockets an Apollo bar for her Bernard.
1: Aww. I love that.
0: What a thief!
1: Hey, look, hey, it, if it was given to her, she has every right to save it for later.
0: He does have every right to save it for later. That's a very, very true. Uh, but yeah, I uh, what a sweet episode. What a what a what a nice, refreshing episode. I don't think anything bad really happens. This-
1: I mean, there's a lot of dead. 2.0-ers, but
0: uh, yeah, but we don't see them die, we just kind of know they died,
1: yeah. So, I that yeah. doesn't
0: make me all that sad.
1: <laughs> I, guess, I guess that's that that is one thing about this episode. It's a it's a pretty it's a relatively benign episode, yeah. other than the the 2.0 stuff,
0: yeah. That's that sucks, that's not great, it sucks, but it's
1: also like it's game-changing like there's there's nothing like really most of this episode is just putzing around the bunker you know figuring out what to do with the bunker <laughs> but
0: bunker bunker bunker
1: and and developing hurley's character which is fantastic um but uh what happens with the two 2.0s is like that's what puts this episode over the top and, and and makes me give it a nine
0: i'm glad to hear uh so my next question for you mr sal is tv time tv time tv time our oh. favorite app for whatever reason at looking at yeah i mean how, how the people feel about lost yeah <laughs> even though yeah. Uh, whatever so, so yeah I'm, I'm gonna go with most people just because uh, this is the feeling i get from tv time i wonder if most people gave it i feel like most people should give this a four but i'm gonna go with most people gave this a five
1: now you had it right at the first and the four. I have four. Fifty eight percent gave it a four.
0: Fair enough. Reasonable.
1: I think it's oh, I think it's criminal. I think this is uh, that th- this is a, this is a fantastic episode.
0: Criminal. You gave it a five, I presume. Then. I gave it a five. Anything anything notable about the emojis?
1: Um I mean the most the the highest percentage was happy, so that I oh. guess is along the lines of what you're saying. I mean, which is pretty much is. You know, they had this feast at the end. Bernard is discovered to be alive, and you know, it's by and large a happy episode.
0: Yeah, pretty happy episode. Uh, and the the meat of it, the favorite character. Yeah, well, I'm gonna say the people chose Hugo. I'm gonna go with that. You also chose Hugo.
1: You're right on both counts.
0: What's the? Per- I feel like that was not a very hard one to get. What what was the percentage on Hugo?
1: Seventy-five percent.
0: Is he named Hugo or Hurley? Hugo. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Seventy-five so
1: percent. Oh. Um, who's second?
0: Um, Sawyer.
1: He's third, six percent. Which I again ridiculous.
0: <laughs> Criminal.
1: The Sawyer bias in this app is just astounding. <laughs>
0: I'm trying to think. I really don't know who would be second. um, Yes, come on. I mean, dare I say... Rethan?
1: Rethan? Who's Rethan?
0: Oh, yeah, it's just Ethan. Ethan? Yeah. Was Ethan in this episode? Oh, no, my bad. Maybe it's Renard?
1: It may as well be this uh, yeah, is a Rose?
0: It's Rose, 13. Yeah, okay. yeah. Actually, it took me a while. gus Rose. <laughs> why she, she's that forgettable. Poor Rose.
1: Well, you know who it should have been? Er, Randy. Ah, uh,
0: there you go. <laughs> That's hurt. who it should have been. But... Uh, attaboy, Randy. Well, I'll let you know next episode. Do you know what the well, title of the next episode is?
1: Let me tell you something. If Randy is a choice that I can select, I'm changing my vote to Randy. I know you are. You are, you
0: are gung-ho for this outlandish and... Quite frankly, out-of-the-box theory. Ah, out-of-the-box. Um,
1: Randy's not an option. Ugh.
0: Do you know what the title of the next episode is?
1: And found.
0: Hmm. Pun on the words lost and found.
1: I do like when they do this, actually.
0: And fo- Do you remember what the last episode was that they did this for? Yeah.
1: In translation.
0: And whose episode was that? Jin. Next week is a Jin and Senna, uh, Episode, oh. So. Oh. in with those uh, puns
1: <laughs> uh, that's okay
0: I don't know why they give Jin the puns
1: I, I'm actually looking forward to that. That, that that's exciting because I like what they did in this episode with Jin and son uh, and I I'm very interested like in what happened with Jin in those flashbacks at the airport
0: yeah yeah that, that whole dealio and also the, the title in its own self lost and found.
1: Yeah, so the, it sounds like there may be a reunion in this episode.
0: <laughs> it, I mean, surely sounds like it. <laughs> uh, you're not going to like this episode. So don't don't get too hopeful on it.
1: All right, very well.
0: Uh, but the episode afterward, you're not going to like that one either. <laughs> don't get your hopes up for that one either. But the one after that one, now we're cooking. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, it's just joking, though. We're cooking with a very bad uh cooking oil. But it's the one after that one where we really get the treats.
1: So, it does say that, uh, according to IMDb, this, this is one of the lowest rated episodes of the season. And found? And found, yeah. Oh. It's not the lowest. But it is one of the lowest. There are Three episodes this season rated under an eight, and this is one of them. Okay. Yeah, this is one of them.
0: Well, let's let's see how Mr. Sal rates it, and if you're gonna buck the trend, maybe maybe this will be your favorite episode. Who knows? I don't think it will be, but maybe somehow it will.
1: I'll Tell you which? Uh, just looking at episode titles, which I probably shouldn't do. You but... really
0: shouldn't do that. <laughs> this is photos next to it. I know, like one of them, is something like actually. One, and I think one's... Oh, yeah, because I already told you what Kate did.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I'm trying not to look at the photos, but one of the episodes is entitled The Other 48 Days, and I'm very excited about that one.
0: That's the one I know you'll be very excited. <laughs>
1: I, I like Just just the title of that episode makes me extremely excited. <laughs> uh,
0: that is one you'll probably like.
1: <laughs> I'm assuming that we're going to see the 2 hours. And what they've been doing for the past forty-eight days. That is
0: a that is a guess. That is a guess. That is a guess that may or may <laughs> not be accurate.
1: There's an episode title called Box Company. Oh, boxes, boxes, box cutter.
0: Oh, box cutter. Oh, not again. Okay. Well, is there anything else you have to say, Mister Sal?
1: No, I, I really did love this episode. I'm I'm I was very excited about. Um, everything that happened with the 2.0ers and very uh into all the development they did with hurley's character so mm-hmm. yeah so kudos to them this was awesome
0: i'm glad we're about a sixth of the way through the season so strap in uh um, <laughs> of the way through thank you everyone for listening uh this has been the show operas podcast feel free to subscribe to the podcast give us five star rating if you want to email us show podcast at gmail.com he's mr sal Yep. I'm I'm the reoccurring guest, and this has been the show. Thanks, thanks for listening.